We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. We've got a lot of news to get to today. Some good news regarding Luka Doncic, perhaps Ben Simmons as well. Maybe some interest in Jalen Brunson from some non-Mavs teams. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But first, let's talk a little bit about the basketball that went down last night. Some pretty important stuff in the playoffs. By the way, I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, the playoffs are rolling on. And uh, I guess let's start here. The Warriors just keep looking better and better. Yeah, they absolutely do. I mean, they, they yo, it's so funny that Stephen Curry, yo, plays barely plays for those only listening i'm doing air quotes around the barely um and just dominates like he was absolutely dominant in that they're new i don't know what they're calling it now it used to be the death right. lineup but whatever we're calling it now with green wiggins thompson pool and curry i it might as well be called the unstoppable offensive lineup i, I don't know how you defend it like that is you know your, your best bet is that you have to be able to match Draymond inside and then go small and quick and switchable. That's your only, only hope. And that is not the nuggets. So when they go to that lineup, they're just blowing the doors off Denver and there's just not, not a lot enough left. And you know, you're starting to see now the frustrations are spilling mm-hmm. over for the nuggets. They're getting into it with each other. They're uh, uh, Jokic got thrown out of game two. So uh, I'm not sure this one goes, I, I Denver will get one at home. Okay. I think at least, but I struggle to see this one going past five. Yeah. I mean, this Warriors team is just very, very good. It's going to be interesting if the Warriors and the Suns do wind up matching up uh, in the finals that are in the Western conference finals. That could be, a titanic battle there uh jumping over to well i guess let's go oh you know actually before i leave the warriors did you see that ridiculous step back the like double step back that jordan Poole hit on boogie cousins oh i thought you were going with this step oh no 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 where he just kind of dribbled the, the step one was, step ones are always ridiculous but my, my thinking was if jordan Poole is doing this now like what hope do we have <laughs> like what hope well, does the league on. have rephrase give him a proper name our, our guy, guy. that's Poole. right our guy jordan Poole. we knew this yeah. was coming look we yeah. said he was going to be the most improved player he wound up being second on my ballot for the year but yeah. i didn't necessarily expect to see double step back fadeaway threes no, no yeah. rim yeah. jordan Poole in the playoffs that that's yeah, i mean my goodness being a little yeah. crazy, but yes yeah, absolutely yeah i mean unbelievable game out of him 
you know, just, you know, a, I mean, unbelievable season out of him, you know, they're, uh, you know, eventually Steph is coming back into the starting mm-hmm. group and then we'll see who goes to the bench. Um, but out of the, you know, when that happens, but I mean, pool is making it going to make it really hard to take him yeah. out of that starting group. But I also think as long as they're willing to play those five guys together, which clearly their best five guys, I don't think it really matters because you're, everybody's going to get their 30, 40 minutes mm-hmm. anyway. You know, when they're fully healthy and needed to get that many minutes. So. It's more about the closing group than the starting group, I think, for the Warriors. Yeah. That's the, the more important yep. thing. Any concerns? Yep. Steph Curry said he still has some discomfort in his foot. Are you worried at all about that? Um, Not really, because he says it's manageable. Mm-hmm. He says he can play through it. So I'm going to guess it's one of those things where they're probably incented to let's get this series over quickly yeah. and then let's, um, you know, let's, uh, Get get this um, to a point where everybody can can um, you know, rest. So yeah, I'm not overly concerned about that. Uh, let's jump over to to Raptors and 76ers. The 76ers take care of business there. Of course, the Raptors missing Scotty Barnes. They're dealing with that. No, no Thad Young for them either. Gary Trent Jr. was pretty sick, but did play. Only played ten minutes. Uh, Thad Young did play, but oh, okay, I missed it. He played eight minutes. I I missed him out there yeah. while he was playing. Yeah. Uh, and Trent only and Trent played only played ten. Yeah, 10. Trent played played sick, yeah. but. Yeah, I mean, the 76ers, they win 112-97. to 97. Joel Embiid told Nick Nurse to stop complaining about calls. I mean, coming from the guy who shot more free throws than the Raptors' entire team, the entire team. I have a feeling that may have had something to do with it, the fact I that he's the guy that gets kettle, the calls. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I mean, I, as someone who has watched the Celtics go against Nick Nurse, you know, a lot, mm-hmm. Uh, throughout the regular season and then in the playoffs as well. It's um his whole shtick does get a little tiring after mm-hmm. a while. Um, but he's doing what he needs to do. And I think he also knows his team is is extremely undermanned yeah. here. So he is doing everything he can to you know give them a fighting chance. But you know, they looked pretty good early in this game. It looked like they were really gonna uh keep this competitive and make it a game. And then the Sixers kind of locked on to Fred Van Vliet. And then that was it. They, they just couldn't generate. Everybody's going to look at, you know, the, the way Philly scored. And and you should because Philly, you know, did well on that end too. But their defense just locked mm-hmm. in and completely shut down the uh, the um, the Raptors. And I'll say it. I said this after game one. But James Harden being willing to kind of seed a lot of the offense to Embiid, of course, but also Tyrese yeah. Maxey and Tobias Harris, that's huge. And then – you, we'll we'll see, right? Because there's going to be, I don't know if it'll be in this series now, but probably the next one. Um, they're going to need a hardened game where, you know, they're going to need him to get 30-something points and do his thing. But right now he's content to, you know, play ball mover, get the ball moving, let the other guys do their thing and and go. So, yeah, I mean, big, big nights again for Harrison Max. Yeah, I mean, Maxie, 23 points, nine boards, eight assists. It was a James Harden-esque stat line, eight for 11 shooting, three yeah. threes. Meanwhile, James Harden just 14, six, and six, three of nine shooting for him. But again, he didn't need to have a big blow up performance because three steals and two blocks. That's though, for true. James I'll give him some, I got to give him some credit there. Yeah. Three steals and, and two blocks. Uh, with the, the Joel Embiid free throw train running, and, and same thing with Harden, eight free <laughs> throws for him. I mean, the, the Sixers are rolling. My pick of Raptors and six yeah. is on life support at this point. And yep. uh, I, I, I mean, it's hard to think anything, but this series is probably probably about over yeah they need trent fully healthy for game three um and then 
if they can have any chance of getting Scotty Barnes back. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this is the one series where there's not like those big breaks. They play again tomorrow on yeah. Wednesday um, in Toronto. So they're they're Then, then they get the break is after that. They, they get a couple days uh, off after that one. But by then, I mean, you fall behind three Oh, it's over. Like you're not, you're not coming back from down three Oh. So, so they, they need to, they need that lift. They need that Toronto crowd to lift them. All right, let's jump over to the Jazz and the Mavericks. The Mavs without Luka pull off the win, and this is key. This is huge. I was talking about this last night. I went live for Lakers Nation last night. I was talking about why this is such a big deal because for the Mavs, any win you can pick up without Luka just makes the the job that much easier when Luka does come back. And then right before we started recording here, we got news from Shams Tarania that Luka Doncic is looking like it's or there's optimism that he may play in game three or game four. So if you're the Jazz, typically in this scenario, if you're the Jazz, you're thinking, yes, we did our job. We took one on the road. We, we stole home court advantage. Now let's go back home. We're going to take care of business. I don't think that's really the vibe of this series. The Jazz really needed to win these first two, get as many wins piled up as they can before Luka comes back, because once Luka comes back, I think the Mavs are are the, the stronger team. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it's also really important. You can't go down 2-0 going on the yeah. road. Um, in a series, or I guess down 0-2 um, would be a better way to phrase that. But, yeah, I mean, they shot the lights out, 22 of 47 from Ooh. three. Maxi Kleba off the bench, you know, drops in eight three-pointers. And Jalen Brunson, you know, Jalen Brunson points. was at a, you know, not to not not to go all uh, uh what is it rounders on you, but pay that man his money, right? It's uh you know I mean whew, boy forty one points eight, eight rebounds five assists. Um, when you watch Jalen Brunson play, this is the fun part of the playoffs because right? mm-hmm. you can really lock in and watch these guys every possession. Where other than at least for me the Celtics, and then I'll watch at least one or two other games. But when you're watching it every game like this, he doesn't play as small as he is. Correct. If that makes sense, like he, he plays a lot bigger. He loves getting down in the post and like posting guards up for, you know, whether it's for kickouts or whatever. So he's tough. They move the ball really well. Uh, what they get 22 assists on 39 hoops too. So, so that was also big for them. Uh, Dorian Finney Smith um, played another, I thought solid game defensively. He's been doing a pretty good job. Um, is one of the main guys guarding Donovan Mitchell who went 13 of 30. Rudy Gobert. He took five times as many shots as he did in game one, but that was still just five mm-hmm. yeah. um, d- attempts in 17 rebounds, two blocks. Uh, yeah, not, not, not great. 45 shots between Bogdanovich and Mitchell and Mike Conley. Yeah. You got to get at more than nothing out of him. Big zero burger. Oh, for seven from the field. Yeah. That's, that's simply not good enough there. So now the, sh- the series shifts to Utah and we'll see what can happen, especially if Luka Doncic comes back again. I do favor yeah, the Mavs big. in this series, but we'll see exactly how all that plays yep. out. Uh, let's jump the, from there. Let's use Jalen Brunson and jump into some free agency rumors. The, the yeah. Pacers are reportedly a team that could be targeting Jalen Brunson in free agency. Now, they are not going to be alone in that endeavor. There are not very many free agents out there on the market. Jalen Brunson will be one of, if not the best free agents out there, assuming, you know, like Zach Levine and guys like that are, you know, staying with their current teams. Uh, The Pacers targeting Jalen Brunson, that's an interesting fit. And to me, not to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but that gives even more credibility to the news that the Pacers are probably going to look to move on from Malcolm Brogdon. 
Yeah, I, I think the idea with Brunson is I think they think he can fit alongside Tyrese Halliburton really well, maybe in ways better than uh, Brogdon can. And I wonder if their idea with Brogdon is there's just there's too many injuries now with that that they want to get a more stable guy mm-hmm. in there. I do project the Pacers now, so I've redone all of my salary cap projections. Um, once again, as we kind of draft positions have been finalized and the like, um, they're one of only three teams I project to have cap space. Well, pre-lottery draft positions, let me rephrase that. Uh, this this offseason, I project them to have about $25 million in space, um, which is, that that's a big number, and that's enough to, if you really wanted to get in on Brunson, they could do it without it having to be a sign and trade which some of the other places that have been mentioned for him would have to be sign and trades so i i think it's interesting now it was funny to see the reaction to that report from some Mavs mm-hmm. fans who were like he's gonna go play for rick carlisle who buried him on the bench previously right. yeah i don't know about that but but we'll find out right it's uh one of those things where often it's you know the grass isn't always greener you you don't know what you got Till it's gone or well whatever that song says so <laughs> right yeah, well, we'll see so joni mitchell i think i don't know i'm not a big music guy i like music but i'm not the music historian someone will correct me in the uh in oh the comments, i went sure. i went 80s hair metal with that so let me let me look that up while we're while we're talking here um the version i like of that song the, the what's a like big yellow taxi uh, i like um the counting crows version of that song. okay the the song that popped into my head don't know what you got till it's gone it's by cinderella which again is like, like 80s oh i know yeah that's yeah. that's oh, what yeah, yeah, yeah. what came to me okay yeah yeah, yeah. we're on the same way i went wavelength. with the line from it right the, you know you don't know what you got till it's gotcha. gone. gotcha but i'll save everybody from singing because <laughs> that's not why anyone's here <laughs> so what moving on next topic. Yeah, let's let's do let's do that <laughs> um <laughs> In fact, here, Keith, just to get you on a different wavelength, let's go to to your guy, Marcus Smart, winning Defensive Player of the Year. Both of us had him him projected to be the Defensive Player of the Year. He was number one on your ballot as well, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. He was on mine. Um, makes sense. And, and the first time in a long time since a guard has won Defensive Player of the years. Year. Absolutely incredible. Uh, well-deserved Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year officially. Yeah, I mean, huge. I mean, you know, incredible honor for him. Uh, I think uh, well-earned honor for him. Um, I I think he really, he was the, you know, if if you'll call it this way, the head of the snake of the best defense in the entire Mm -hmm. NBA uh, this season um, by almost any measure. I know there's a lot of stuff going on out there right now. There's a lot of people are coming back with yo this metric and that metric and all these things well i and i do get it but i i think he the the metrics are close enough to me that that it says so yeah i think he's uh you know 100 where he should be so i you know well, could you could you yeah. really say otherwise though we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Like, what would happen to your, what would happen <laughs> I, I mean, to your mentions could... if you came out and said, Marcus Smart is not the defensive player of the year, it's player X? That wouldn't be... Um, yeah, people would not... I'm not, and I'm, and I'm not saying it. you're, I'm not saying oh. you're wrong. I think if that was what you really thought, you would, no, you yeah. would just say that. But. I, I do think Celtics fans have come to know that I tried not to, with stuff like that, get too wrapped yep. up in it. Like I, like I'm not, uh, like I mean, I had Jason Tatum fifth for MVP. Um, I'm not going to like, well, you know, there's a case to be made. He's better than Giannis because they finished higher. Like I wouldn't right. go there, right? Um, I do think, and I think I said this on the awards pod. If I didn't. Fine, accuse me of saying it retroactively, um, but I promise it's not. If Bam Adebayo had played more, I would have picked Bam as the defensive mm-hmm. player of the year. I mean, he was unreal when he played, and, and what he does at that spot, I think, is different than what Gobert does at the five because Bam is switching out and playing on the perimeter a lot and all those kind of things. So, but yeah, I thought Smart or Bridges finishing one-two, I think, was pretty mm-hmm. cool to get that that thing. And I do think perimeter defense has never mattered more. Um, because I think what gets missed is right. We met everybody will throw. They don't protect the rim if they're their guards out on the, the, the perimeter. Don't get to the rim. But what gets missed is that's yeah. it. You don't let them get to the rim. Or these guys are getting killed on screens all game long. Teams do everything they can to get guys like Smart and Bridges off of their main uh, perimeter scores. And it was I get it. People then fired back with, oh yeah, that makes sense. Kyrie just dropped forty on them. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, in the in the playoffs. But a lot of that wasn't against Marcus Smart. There's, you know, you could. It's very easy to go look up the stats of, you know, who, who he scored against. I think ten of those points were on Marcus Smart, and I think it was only on two of five shootings. So, you know, but I, I mean, I don't need to relitigate it. It's already been litigated. He won the award, so you know, and it's been, been, I think, you know, very well earned. No, I, I agree. And like I said, you know, this is, I also voted that way and you and I made our, our picks independently of each other. I also picked them. I don't think that it's a huge controversy or anything like that. Uh, part of it was sort of a team award. I feel like he was the best defender on the best defensive team. I do think that factored yeah, in. Yeah, sure. and I think that that, ha- that matters there. But again, I, I don't think you can look at this and say, oh no, it's totally, if you're a fan of a player who you were hoping was going to be defensive player of the year, maybe you're going to say something about it. But me trying to come at it as objectively as possible. I I don't see anything wrong with Marcus Smart being defensive player no. of the year. Yeah. Um, let's jump Here. to other guys in that series. Well, let's stick with Celtics for just Ooh, a okay. second, if if we can. Um, because we've got news from that series. Okay. So they, they will play. They actually had the two days off before game two, and then they have two yep. more days off before game three, which quite frankly, if that's gonna be the way it goes, I think we we could use them if they all go like game one did. Um but Celtics, Robert Williams still out, um, as expected. And then the Nats officially ruled Ben Simmons out for game two okay. as well. But right. there is some thought Simmons is uh, ramping up, right? He's now doing four and four work. He's doing some contact work. It is different this time around because uh, Steve Nash had not been, he'd been, whether he's being cagey about it or he was truly being honest. I tend to think more cagey, which that's fully in his right. So I would not, you'll know, be, be angry. They, he will, 
um, he, you know, admitted like, yeah, he's working. He's taking mm-hmm. some, some, uh, contact he's doing four on four and there's a thought, maybe game three, maybe game four. So, so more, more to come on that, but not, not yet. Not, not for game Well, two. And we talked about this, you know, if, if the nets go down Oh two, that gives you more incentive to bring Ben Simmons back. And we also sure. talked about, you know, when I'm looking at their, at what the nets really need, it's another big wing. Now, of course you can talk about the offensive end of the floor and the problems that you have there, but size wise in order to match up, Ben Simmons could actually help you a bit there on the defensive end of the floor. So, which I mean, look, that's not a stretch. He's one of the best defensive players in the NBA when he's healthy. The challenge is putting him back into the rotation now and not having that kind of time to build chemistry on the floor. But I wonder how much of that is the Nets just look and they go, we're not big enough. (laughs) You're what, 6'9", 6'10". Get in there when we need you to do some of the things that you can do out there. And I do like respect to those who are saying like, Hey, we just need to throw somebody with a little bit more yeah. size at Jason Tatum. And people are right when they said, I mean, they played four minutes at Kessler Edwards and he was a negative mm-hmm. six. Is Simmons going to be worse than that? Probably right. not. Um, you know, it's, yeah, I, I just, I, I hope everybody is very reasonable. The folks who are saying, look, we just need 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah, sure. You know, I can live with that. Anybody who's thinking you're throwing them in there for 35, 40 minutes. Also, the Celtics probably have the book on how to defend him better mm-hmm. than anybody else. And it's very insulting to suggest, you know, well, those teams didn't have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. That's fair, but it's not like those teams were full of horrible offensive players either. They had Joel Embiid, sure. they had Tobias Harris, they had other guys who can score and shoot. Like, let's not get too too silly about that. But, you know, it's I, I certainly don't think it's going to hurt them to a degree where it swings the series so far that it's like, what a brutal decision this was. But I also don't think this is going to swing the series to where, all right, well, the Nets win now. Right. Like, I just, I, I think it's more likely to be a slightly negative impact than it is to be a, you know, hugely positive. The one. question is, is it less of a negative impact than whoever else they would bring off the bench? That's And that's right. what the Nets are, are looking to do there. Um, and then as far as yep. the... The, well, they didn't have KD or they didn't have Kyrie on previous Ben Simmons teams. I mean, there's some truth to that just because sure. that that version yeah. of Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, certainly, those aren't guys where if everything gets gummed up and Ben Simmons is, is creating spacing issues and all that, you can't just give the ball to those guys and say, well, nothing worked. Go make something happen. You can do that with Kevin exactly. Durant and Kyrie and yep. get decent looks. And now what I will say, too, is, though, this kind of gives the Celtics a little bit more of an out to just send an extra yes, guy at those guys. Cause they just won't, I mean, they you think they're kind of not defending Bruce Brown in game one. They really won't defend yeah. Simmons. I mean, there, it, there's plenty of uh, clips and, and still Very shots true. and everything else of how the Celtics have defended Ben Simmons over the year. And it's uh, put the second guy about 15 feet off him and in the paint. And what makes it different is it's generally historically been Al Horford, or Daniel Tice, or somebody big who's gone up and guarded Simmons. Mm -hmm. So what happens is you're playing off him with size. So even when he gets that head of steam going downhill, there's size to meet him there versus some of these other teams that have done that. They do it with a smaller guard, and then he can get downhill and go over those guys. Can't do that with the Celtics guys, but it is what it is. Um, Let's talk a little bit about Kyrie. Got fined $50,000. Not a surprise that he was fined. Nope. He had, um, well, he used some gestures towards towards the crowd, said a few things. <laughs> the crowd said a few things to him, too. Um, it's mm-hmm. going to be interesting to see how that that all plays out in game two. But, I, but what I found was interesting about this, and I didn't know this, was that 
$50,000 was the limit. People talked about, can he get fined yep. 50 grand for each time? Well, no, that's actually the limit for what the NBA can find him. If they go over that, I mean, they, they can find him more, but if they go over it, yep. then Kyrie is then allowed to file a grievance and then it becomes a, a bigger yep. thing. And so the NBA said, well, let's just, let's just find him 50K then and, and off we go. Yep, that's exactly it. 50,000 is the maximum the NBA can find a player very clear to be very important to be clear that it's a player mm -hmm. um, $50,000 per the CBA for any one trans transgression as people stated. And yes, they could have said, Hey, there were three, four, two, five, whatever it was separate incidents here. We're going to hit you with the 50 K for each one, but they would have come back with, then they would have filed a grievance at that point and said, Hey, you're not, you can't, you know, double down, split these up and, you know, double down and all these other things on it. You know, sorry, my, my blackjack terminologies <laughs> may be getting a little bit off. I, I need me. that trip to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's why he got 50,000. It's the max mm -hmm. you can give, give a play. Right. All right. Let's also uh, finish things up with DeMarcus Cousins. Pretty pretty open and honest interview when yeah. he talked about how difficult the NBA could be. That was really interesting when he talked about the Bucks and the Nuggets and how the Nuggets were working him out first and the Bucks kind of swooped in and grabbed him because they heard the Nuggets were working him out. Interesting interview yeah. about how how brutal it can be. Once you're seen as kind of this minimum fringe level player in the NBA, yeah. it can be tough to to shake that. And that's part of why you see a lot of guys who are not super excited about taking veteran minimum deals or are wary of taking that to begin with because you can get trapped into into that it's hard to break out of that and start to get paid more once you're you've been put into kind of that that box yeah, I wrote an article on this, uh, but it was a while back. Um, you can Google it if you, if, if anybody really wants to read it but the the main thing was that there's truth that teams and uh, player side both see it as once you're a minimum player you're a minimum player and it can be very hard to then outplay that that is slightly different with the guys who are bought out and then sure. signed you know in buyout season because that's everybody understands like hey you're trying to go go get a ring at that point uh generally but even a lot of those guys end up in the same boat that's why like somebody like john wall isn't super interested in jumping on a buyout and signing on for the minimum anywhere because it can be hard to come back from that i mean the guy i think about now more often than not with this is isaiah thomas sure. he finished you know a pretty good contract looked like he was going to get paid now he did get hurt took a long time to come back but I struggle now to see anybody getting him on more than a minimum. And DeMarcus Cousins is now another really good example. This is a guy who was set to sign likely a max uh, deal with the New Orleans Pelicans and then blew out his Achilles. And then that that was kind of it for him as far as that. He got a couple bigger contracts with the Warriors and the Lakers, but never really made it back because of injuries. And now he's back and playing. But, yeah, I highly encourage Mark Spears wrote this for um, – I believe it's Antscape is how you say it. It's the kind of the, the rebrand of the undefeated. Mm -hmm. If I have that correct, it's an arm of ESPN. Um, but you can find it. Mark, Mark J Spears on Twitter. I uh, wrote this uh, very, very, very candid with, with cousins. And he, uh, it's rare for a player who's still a current player to give this much insight into the whole process and, and all of this. And there's some of it that comes off maybe a little bit bitter mm -hmm. but i think it's a 
bitterness out of honesty of somebody whose career has you know really kind of gone sideways after being you know by you know locked in. He was a guy you could basically write in pen as an all star every year uh, for the beginning part of his career. That's how good he yep. was, and you know I now I'm glad to see him still still doing right still playing and you know giving good solid minutes by Nikola Jokic and I wouldn't be surprised if that's he's back again next year but as you kind of led with he'll be back probably on a minimum contract yep. behind behind Jokic it's interesting to see with Cousins and by the way I, whenever I think of Boogie Cousins I always think of this is one of the first he was one of the first tests of the Supermax right with the NBA they mm-hmm. just created it and it was okay. You're going to be able to keep your guys now because of the Supermax. You're not going to lose your guys anymore. And it actually went the other way when the Kings decided, eh, we don't want to pay Boogie that much. Well, let's, and they and they traded. Well, him. Let's let. Well, also let's let Boogie tell the story maybe of why he didn't sign uh-huh. that. What did Sack do for me besides say my name on draft day? I did more for them than they did for me. That's just being honest. Just being 100 percent honest. I had two owners, three GMs, seven coaches in seven years. I was there seven years and had three GMs, two owners, and seven coaches. Not much more needs to be said. Welcome to Sacramento. Yeah. I mean, he's, that, that is uh, uh, well, probably the perfect point to use. He ain't wrong, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. Like, he, he ain't wrong. I mean, that that is just unbelievable you know, when you put it that way. I mean, the seven coaches in seven years is, you know, just the absolute absurdity, but you know, the three GMs, two owners. I mean that, that we know why that happened. Uh, the moves got their team taken away from them, but yeah, it's, I mean, he's right. And then his other quote says, you know, it's just that side of the business that people will never really understand. NBA teams are just brutal as F it's brutal, man. And the weird part, the part that sucks the most, they can give you whatever excuse they want. And, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. He's not. No, right. he's he's not. And it is. I mean, when you're on the fringes and you're trying to work your way in and you're continually to get caught and you're trying to find your spot and you're thinking, OK, I did well here. Where's 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 my where's my reward for doing what I did? Yeah. And then that's not there. And you're still seen as this guy who's maybe got a battle to get in. And that's got to be frustrating. It's certainly especially given yep. where he's come from, from being that perennial all star and, and all of that and to feeling like he's got something left. That there's certainly some frustration wrapped up in there, but that's also that's not just the NBA. That's that's sports. It, that's yeah, pro sports I mean, in general. Yeah, once they're done with you, they're done with you. Yep. You know, it's a yeah, it's tough. I mean, and it's it's funny. You know, I just, I don't want to get into a huge tangent because sure. now's not the time for this. But whenever people suggest things like you know they should do a the lottery team should play a tournament and whoever wins the tournament gets the top pick. What's my motivation yeah, to play for a better pick to get somebody to take my yep. spot? I'm not interested in that. Like I like I I'm gonna, you know, you gotta you gotta incent me in other ways to 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 do that. So that's just, you know, uh it is what it is, you know, with that. But yeah, it's um, you know, 
it's well, we we can discuss that at a later time when we can, you know, we, we don't have other topics and I can, you know, rail on the draft process <laughs> and a million thoughts I have about how to make it better. We'll, but, we'll yeah, have plenty uh, of time. Today's we'll today. have plenty of time to get yep. into that before June. But <laughs> that's a summer topic. That's an NBA August. That, that's true. NBA August. So tonight, Atlanta, Miami, New Orleans, Phoenix. We know what those series are. I don't think we need to talk about them a whole lot. Yeah, only the only thing is if Trey Young if he goes berserk, sure. That's yeah, that, that's the the way for the Hawks. The Pelicans, I I think we saw probably them do about as good as they yep. can do against the Suns. The only thing that is encouraging, not for the rest of this series, but they might be pretty good next sure. year. They've got they they've they found some stuff this year. You know, uh, everybody who uh, you know was throwing dirt on David Griffin. Um, earlier, eh, we we might want to you know leave, leave that alone for a little bit here. I think he he he's got some stuff. Him and staff have identified some guys and found some players. Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado, Najee Marshall, mm-hmm. um, you know some guys uh, a little bit later down, and presumably Zion in the fall. So let's, but yeah, the the good one though. He's doing the Undertaker gift. David Griffin. Yeah, is. well, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is and this is weird because. The two TNT games, I'm like, eh. I mean, Trey, yeah. Trey, okay, if Trey goes berserk, but otherwise we know Miami's the better team. Oh, okay, there's some guys in Phoenix. But look, this uh, we kind of know what that series is. Minnesota and Memphis on NBA TV. I mean, this is really important. This is this is the biggest game of the season for the Grizzlies, I think. This becomes a yeah. must, must win for Memphis. Yeah, again, you don't want to go down 0-2 mm-hmm. going on the road. Yep. yep. So we'll see. I mean, we've still projected the Grizzlies to win this. But the Wolves looked pretty good against them in their their last outing. So we'll see what adjustments the Grizzlies can make. Uh, Taylor Jenkins, again, I've got him as coach of the year. I know you had Monty Williams. But uh, but the Wolves, they're they're no joke. And so this is going to be a game to watch. Certainly one I'm going to be keeping a very close eye on. Yeah, I mean, Hawks heat tips at 730 tonight, Eastern time. So that'll be about at halftime when Wolves Grizzlies tips switch. And then I'll probably stick with Wolves Grizzlies for the rest of the time. You know, that'll probably be, be it. Now I hear just to give everybody a little sense of the way this TV stuff works. There's only one true uh, West coast team in the, the playoffs this year, the Warriors. And they, you know, everybody else is a mountain or a uh, central time zone team that that's in there. So that's, that does make it tricky. Um, for trying to balance these these series out, that's why you have in a, a little bit later this week, the Bucks are playing like an eight thirty p.m. tip at home or something mm-hmm. like that, um, or the Bulls or somebody is it? They're playing like a weird time tip, and that's why you've got Grizzlies at eight thirty, um, and that's why it's on NBA TV because the Suns clearly are the closest thing to a West Coast team that's playing tonight, they're, so they're, they're going to have to Pacific take that time, time half the year. True, half the year. Half the year. But, is it are they right now? I don't know what they are right now. Yeah, right now they're on Pacific time. Okay. So then they all right. So you've got two though. Yeah. Right. That's still the point holds, right? I mean, you've got New Orleans, Memphis, Minnesota. They're a heck of a lot closer to being on Eastern time than they are anything else. They're central time. Um, you know, but that's why this stuff happens. And that's in I mean, Miami's a bigger media market, so is Atlanta than either Memphis or you know, Minnesota. So that's why they're Shuttled off to NBA TV, but 
the real basketball fans will find absolutely. it. Absolutely. Right? They'll they'll find it. It might end up being one of the higher rated NBA TV games. Ever. It should be. That would it should be. I mean, it's it's going to be a big one. I wish it wasn't on NBA TV. NBA TV, it drives me crazy. Oh, I, I don't know if this bugs you, Keith, or if our, our listeners or viewers, but they cut back to the game at the last possible yes, second. And I'm like, I don't, I don't care what you guys are talking about in the studio. Go back to go to the game and stop. Oh, it drives me crazy. So I I don't know how many people probably know this, but I predominantly watch games on, we have direct TV. So that's predominantly how I watch games. Um, And then I'll DVR games and watch them later. But when I'm watching a game live, even on the DVR, they finally quit it this year. But for two years, um, they leave an ad block uh, once per half where it is, um, it's for whoever the provider is to get in one last mm-hmm. ad, but it comes in over the game. So regularly, every single game that you would watch on DirecTV, once in the first half, once in the second half, you'd miss somewhere between 30 and 45 seconds of game time because it would come back. So you'd be like, we, we left and the score was, you know, 54, 50. Now it's 62, you oh know, my gosh. 52. Like, what did I miss? Like, you know, and then like, you'd have to like find it in the play-by-play. Right. Oh, okay. They scored your know, rapid fire. And that was only on the league pass games. I'm um, not on the national games, but yeah, just, you know, aggravating stuff. I think a lot of these things are going to be topics of discussion when the TV contract comes up next. And there'll be, we're going to see, see a lot of changes yep. to the way the game is shared. But on the good news front, I don't know if you saw. Did you see the most watched it's been in a decade? Oh, fantastic! Uh, the first I round didn't see that weekend was awesome. yeah, yeah. I'll find it real quick. I, yeah, uh, per this came out. Um, Nets Celtics on ABC averaged six point nine million viewers, peaked at nine point eight million, most viewed first round game since two thousand sixteen. Opening weekend of the playoffs across ABC, ESPN, and TNT averaged 4.05 million viewers, most viewed opening playoff weekend since 2011. Wow. So all the people who were laughing about the whole, oh, yeah, of course it was better than the bubble season and all that a couple weeks ago. Well, you're right, because games are being played on Tuesday afternoons at 2 p.m. in the bubble. Now we're going back to 2011. Uh, That's LeBron, Warriors, Steph, stuff like yeah, NBA is in pretty good shape. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. It's been exciting so far, the, the playoffs have. So hopefully we get more of that to come. All right, everybody. I think that about wraps things up for today. Make sure you are subscribing right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. And, of course, subscribe over on Apple Podcasts. We love getting those reviews coming in there. Give us that five-star rating. We do appreciate it. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe and see ya. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.